Bus Nation. What is going on? Welcome into Bus Nation Podcast. How's everyone doing out there? 0-4 start. I know. It's been tough. It's been tough. I, feel, I, was, I was telling them before the show, it's kind of like another week of bus therapy. Let's all get together, yeah. talk about our feelings. This has uh, actually <laughs> been very productive for me. I feel like I leave this every week feeling so much better uh, about like just my <laughs> mental state Look, gets reset. I picked the most to win last week. <laughs> hey, hey my, my, my prediction was almost spot on. I said 42-7. Hey, oh, you all did. Right. All right. Hey, let's give Ryan a golf clap. Uh, little, little golf clap for Ryan. That was good. Hey, at least if, if we're going to be uh, uh, picking against the buffs, let's 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 get it right let's on. Be accurate. On the money, yeah. Uh, so this is the Buffs Nation podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at Buffs Podcast. I'm Tyler Walji. He's Jared All to my right. Jared, how are you? Feeling okay. Feeling good. 17 points for the buffs this week. That's yeah, good. 17. Uh, producer Ryan, as always, what's going on, Ryan? How's it going, dudes? Okay, so... Uh, it is 4.30 on a uh, Monday, or on Tuesday. a Tuesday. Oh, God. It's it's Tuesday already. This but at least, you're, at least you're feeling like it's Monday. Don't you hate when it's Tuesday well, and you feel like it's Wednesday? Yeah. It just throws your whole week <laughs> off, It man. does. Based on my profession, I my, my Mondays are kind of like Tuesday. So Tuesday's a big day for me. I got a lot going on Tuesday. So it feels like Monday. But either way, it's Tuesday at 4.30. I'm having coffee, right? Because I'm getting amped up a little bit for the show. I was a little down. It actually the, is enhancing the smell within the studio. It's 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 working. Where right do you now. land on on afternoon to very late afternoon coffee? I love it. I love it. I'm also an after dinner coffee guy. I do the espresso after dinner. Love oh, it. an aristocrat. Stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like to get fancy sometimes. <laughs> well, I, I'm so sensitive to caffeine that, that a, a nice like Dr Pepper or Pepsi that'll do it for me too. Sure. So sure. if I have some 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 coke plus the sugar rush, I'm a, yeah, I'm, I was gonna I'm, say that's loaded with sugar. Yeah. That doesn't help. I'm a sucker for sodas, so it doesn't yeah. really do anything to me. But we've talked about on other shows. Uh, I never had a cup of coffee in my life. Yeah, that's weird. Weird. I envy you. <laughs> once you give in, once you give in, you just it's it's like social media, right? You can You're stay in. away, stay away, talk trash about it all you want. Then you have one cup, especially if you load it with creamer <laughs> your first time. You're like, oh. All right. Oh, all right. hey all right. now. Let, let, we we got to talk Buffs football. All right, we got to talk Buffs football. I like my coffee black, and I like the stands black as well. Right, That's the best way to go. Kirk Herbstreit was talking some smack about the blackouts. I disagree. He's like, the crowd disappears. It's no good. There's nothing better than the blackout in Boulder. On like a Friday night when CU's good, top 25 matchup, that's that's best atmosphere there can be. Well, well what what is the crowd supposed to do? Be like bright yellow or something i mean you well, kind of want well, the like crowd the gold out they, like there. during the yeah. ucla game where i will agree with herb street is i don't necessarily like when teams where black isn't even a color that they sure. have do blackouts like ohio state did last week they're red and or scarlet and silver right, right? Well, that's, that's a little different than be, the buffs in a blackout yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but either way uh so let's just get to last week okay let's let's talk some buffs talk some black and gold we love the buffs on here nothing we want more than to see this team succeed and to see this team win and obviously that has not been the case this year CU's looked at widely as as the worst team in the power five and potentially one of the worst teams in, in college football so this is a weird place to be for a CU fan but it's it's funny when we started this podcast you know our expectations as CU fans when this when this pod was launched was Colorado's a good program. Now they're not always going to be competing for the for the uh, conference title, but they're not going to miss four, five, six bowls in a row, right? But but that's kind of what this program has become. And here we are. And here we are. So our our conversation last week was: 
is there going to be any spark in this program? Is there going to be any spark from the coaching staff, the, these players, anything positive to look forward to going forward? And I didn't see a ton. I did see this defense fight hard for a little bit. Once again, going into halftime, it was 21-10, not insurmountable, right? 11-point deficit. But second half, got outscored 24-7. So kind of the same story is the whole season. The team lets down a little bit in the second half. The, 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 the uh, game plan disintegrates a little bit in the second half. So what was your takeaway from the UCLA game? Like one major takeaway that you had, uh, you know, just your thoughts overall. I think that Owen McCown is the best quarterback on the team. I think that was probably my my takeaway. Now, he wasn't great, but put up some numbers. They got the offense moving the ball a little bit. I think 200, over 250 yards passing. It's just good to see a little bit out of this offense. It was the highest point total they scored on the year at 17 points. I mean, you're, you're kind of grasping for straws here, but that, that's something no, I, I took away. I was, I was – pleasantly surprised from what we saw from Owen McCown. And I'm a lefty. I love seeing the lefty out there throwing the ball, you know? That's weird. Okay, so I'm glad you went there. There's not a lot to take away from the running game. They averaged one and a half yards on the ground. That was so disappointing in my opinion. You thought this line could finally get something going. The line didn't look great. I mean, protecting McCown, getting going in the running game. Again, one and a half yards to carry. 34 attempts. Uh, But I do like how they got offered all. Like a couple of these freshmen involved. But you want to see more in the in the running game. But either way, through the air, uh, the versatility. I think eleven players caught the ball. Daniel uh, uh, Arias had four, which I, I don't know. I mean, I still I still think that this these receivers need to be doing better. Catching well, the would ball. you believe that four catches matches his career high? Total for Daniel Arias. Uh, I, I, I'd say that checks out. Yeah, yeah that's sure. that just surprised me when I heard that 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 matched a career well, high. He's supposed to play a much, as a career, a much bigger high. role yeah. than he is this year. But I mean, he still had 82 yards. Next guy had 39. But uh, all the all the the receivers getting involved, tight ends, running backs. That's that's what I like to see. McCown spreading it out because often what you'll get with a young quarterback, they rely on one player. They get overly you know reliant on a tight end or one receiver, and that's certainly not the case. Now, none of these guys are making it easy to fall in love with. I don't know if anyone's really stood out. R.J. Sneed has had his drops. Arias clearly has had his drops. Even Brady Russell has had some issues time to time. Now, now I think Brady Russell, in terms of targets, catches, efficiency, maybe one of the better ones on the team, but sure. these receivers are not helping at all, right? I mean... Yeah, and that was actually what, if you remember back to our preseason... Uh, special that that's kind of the where we pointed to is this tight end group and and that we felt like the the receiver group was still very deep and loaded with talent and you know I I, I will say you know some of that certainly does fall on the lack of ability to get guys open to get the ball to them but yeah I mean when you have your moments you, you got to take advantage of them especially when you're not going to get a ton of those moments throughout right. the course of a game um what did you think about Jordan Tyson I mean, he looked, I, I obviously, you know, had that touchdown catch. Um, and, and, you know, you want these receivers to stand out, get separation, make it easy on the quarterback. I thought Tyson was one of the receivers actually doing that over and over. Yeah, I mean, and, and he's, with Tyson, he's another freshman. And something I was just about to say with Jared's last point is, um, I think maybe you see a lot of the struggles, especially now, with a lack of chemistry with everybody. And, and I think them both being, um, true freshman in McCown and uh, Tyson, they probably have the most chemistry out of 
anybody and, on the team. Wait, like wait Ryan, you mean to tell me when you cycle through three different quarterbacks in four games <laughs> yeah, that shocking, they, you don't that? get any chemistry and, with your and, and I guess, you know, you could say, well, what about Brendan Lewis? Well, you know what? Brendan Lewis, he probably had the most chemistry with Brendan Rice, you know, and right. um, th- those guys are probably on the side working every day after practice. But, uh, but I do want to also say that I, I still stand that by the by the idea that if JT would have gotten a fair shot all season long, fair shake, yeah. you know, I, I think he would have done just fine. It had similar stats, 20 Six to forty-two, yeah, two hundred fifty-eight. I think it would be very similar. I do think it'll get better as far as and, and what I actually loved about this week so far is they already named him the starting quarterback on Saturday. So now we're okay. Let's settle in. We realize that really none of these guys can do it. Let's give the young kid a shot and let's keep him there. He's the guy. This is your team. Let's get some chemistry with, with your brothers going. And I like that too, Ryan. I appreciate that. And I, I know uh, Tyler, you just, you just mentioned JT Shroud and he, he kind of got shafted a little bit. Maybe didn't get a fair shake of, of proving himself as a starter, but I do think this is the right move. Yeah. This is a sinking ship. Me too. This team is not going anywhere this year. Turn to the future. See what you have in a kid in Owen McCown. Can this guy next year be your guy? Maybe you get a couple of games in, and don't forget, you can play a guy four games and, and still redshirt him. Maybe you get another start or two at the Owen McCown and go, man, he's just not ready. Now, I don't well, think we saw that in this game. I think he proved he is ready, but... He, he may get another game in and go, man, he's just not ready. Let's sit him down, and then he can be a freshman again next year. But I think you turn to the young kid and see what you have and start building for the future. It, it's not a matter of him being ready. I think this was a play of keeping him here. Don't go look Good around. Move. Don't Good go. Call. Look what happened at Boise State. Uh, Hank Bachmeyer just entered yep. the transfer portal last week. I know. He's in the tra- I didn't even know they could happen. It's like, yeah, week, week four, week, four, week four. five. They're trying to restrict <laughs> that. They are, which I However, think they should. I'm all for portal. the transfer portal. Yeah, but let's just hop man, on guys it. transfer it all season long. That's it, just, it, it's, it's like a very slow moving. Uh, uh, what's What are those things in the amusement park? The horses? The, oh, carousel. Well, the carousel. The, yeah. It's a carousel. You can just hop on and then hop off at any point. I didn't know you could do that. So anyway, that's a play, I think, to keep him here, keep sure. the account family happy. Yeah, you don't right. have many of those good recruits left, and, and that was a good play. But he also looked comfortable, right? Yeah. Like Jared said, he looked good and lo- looked like he was there. He okay. took some shots too, man, and he popped right back up and got right back in the huddle, and uh, I, I liked it. I loved it. But uh, where do you stand on and, – and actually, let's get to this next segment – uh, we're going to react to some social media. Okay, the, These were social media or, I guess, media in general, ones from Denver Post. Just reactions on what was said about uh, this offense and, and, and McCown and this team in general. And I would just want to hear his thoughts on it and what you think. So, uh, first of all, uh, this was from a... Uh, random this is the first this is the only like non real sourced one i i can't give this person away it's a random person who follows us uh it was it was the offense not mccown okay so and this was a response but where do you fall on that it was the offense not mccown it was these receivers the running backs I, th- I, th- I think they said a lot of drops i think they set mccown up better um than uh they have brendan lewis and jt shroud in the past however i not sure if McCown has the entire playbook at his disposal yet. So I think they more or less had to do that. And I will say to that person that it was the offense. Listen, UCLA's defense kept the CU offense on the field by making stupid penalties. They had multiple personal fouls where they could have just gotten off the field. And that's why 
I want to also say kind of temper expectations a little bit. I know we saw some bright spots, but um, a lot of it was UCLA playing sloppy football. Yeah, I mean, I I think just to, to respond very directly to that, like, yeah, I can agree with that. I think I think that this offense has clearly been holding back the playmakers for for two or three years now. A lot of drops, yeah, at least recently. Okay, this is from uh, uh, Barstool Colorado at CU Barstool. Even though we got killed again, it's pretty clear Owen McCown is the best QB on the team by a mile. Now we just need the right coaches. Uh, we just kind of mentioned this, but any disagreements that he's the best, you know. By a mile, should he be starting? Oh, look, I, again, think it's pretty close b- between him and JT, but for the fact that he's young, great recruit, the, yeah, the potential I, I, for the future. I haven't seen enough of Shroud to make a definitive yes on that. Okay. But I, I think for me, it, it's clear. There is no question Owen McCown should be the guy moving forward. Okay. Reaction on this. This tweet is from Brian Howell. He writes for uh, Buff Zone. Uh, I'm correct with that, right? Yeah, yeah Buff Zone. He yeah. Does, he's yeah. one of the best uh, well, best awesome. Buffs follows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Give him a follow. It's uh, at Brian Howell 33. Okay. Uh, this is a tweet from him. From my own research, so it's from him. From my own research, the list of Power 5 teams that have started a season with four consecutive losses by 25 plus points are the 1983, or excuse me, 1893, 1983. Whoa, that's fast. We all remember that was a great yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the eight, 1893 uh, Tennessee Volunteers, the 1921 UCLA Bruins, 1932 Louisville uh, Cardinal, 1950 Virginia Tech Hokies, 1957 Illinois, or uh, excuse me, Indiana, and then uh, 2022 Buffs. So 1957 Indiana Hoosiers. So was we're talking the last time si- this what, happened. 65 years. Can a I long do math? Time. I, I, I don't know math. 2022 Colorado. Yeah, That's first a time long time since folks. 1957. Now he did say it should be noted that Indiana in 1957 did win Week Five. Oh, okay. And this week, let's get to the next. So thing. you're telling me there's a chance. well, this week the Buffs enter uh, as a road underdog by around 17, 17 and a half points. So huge underdog. But there's good news because Arizona has not been a good team recently. Obviously, they are. This is the first time they haven't been an underdog in the last eighteen Pac-12 games, going back to 2019. Yeah, uh, they haven't been this big of a favorite. Since 2017, well, they went like almost two years without winning. A yeah, game, they've been they've Arizona. been down. But the last it is year. a team like, that's, that's turned the corner. Point. I know. Yeah, I know. They, I know they, we will talk about them in a little bit here, but if you want to look at a winnable game on CU's schedule, this is up there for as as winnable of a game as the Buffs have this year. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Um, last year, this is a uh, headline from the Denver Post from Sean Keeler. Fire Carl, fire Carl. CU Buffs football is a three-ring circus. Can QB Owen McCown keep Carl Durrell <laughs> awful defense from 0-12? Now, I'll go first here. I got a couple things on this. We don't have an awful defense. Defense been really bad, has been put in bad situations this year, so we don't have an awful defense, in my opinion. Um, but what do you guys think of the rest of that? It, circus? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a pretty good explanation yeah, of what was- we have going on the sidelines. When you listen to Carl Durrell's post-game press conferences, I'm so sick of him trying to plead with fans about how hard they're trying. As if 129 other teams in the NCAA aren't trying hard. Trying hard gets you nowhere. I'm sorry. Everyone listening out there, I'm sorry if I just crushed your hopes and dreams. Trying hard only gets you in the door. You want to be successful, you have to, especially in a competitive sport, talent 
Coaching, scheming, none of that's okay. Happening. Okay, and let, let me soften the edges for what I think Jared's trying to say here. Okay, <laughs> for, for for the kids, right? Like you said, for the kids out there. So, trying hard can do enough, but if it's not working, you can't just complain and moan about trying hard. Therefore, who knows what else we can do? You got to switch things up. You I don't know. Try Carl something. Durrell is making me realize think that up. trying hard is not a good thing. <laughs> like maybe we should quit trying hard because it's not working, guys. Yeah, he's like the <laughs> antithesis of, of everything that you want to be doing. Yeah. So the the three ring circus uh, thing. I was mentioning to Tyler before the podcast. I I was watching a movie last night and it made me made me think of this CU Buffs team. And the movie was actually National Lampoon's uh, Vegas Vacation. And there's a scene when they're touring the Hoover Dam and Clark keeps on picking at the wall and it just keeps on shooting water out and he's trying to plug the holes with bubble gum. <laughs> and that is Colorado football this year. It seems like, yeah. Okay, while we're talking about movies, we got a great clip here. I was thinking, this is the, this is the, this is what encapsulates what CU was going through with Carl Durrell when Mel Tucker left, right? And we're looking around, Mel or uh, Mel Tucker leaves, uh, Rick George looking around, looking around, looking around, and this is what I thought was the best quote for, uh, uh-oh, Carl Durrell's available as a coach, an assistant coach for the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Talk about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. There you go. Yeah, for all the dumber, <laughs> dumb and dumber fans out there. <laughs> I thought that was perfect. Uh, yeah, so is that is that wrong place for Carl Durrell or the Buffs the wrong oh, place for everyone? For everybody. <laughs> everybody involved. Uh, two movies, Dumb and Dumber and Vegas Vacation. One, two of the few movies that if I see on cable television, I will watch from beginning to end. Yeah. Uh, also, even, even no one else will ever want to watch those movies with me because I will say every I know. line. Along <laughs> I, the way. Same. <laughs> All right. Um, before we get to next week's pick, uh, next week's breakdown, uh, I want to get your guys' idea of a timeline and what the best case scenario could be for CU football moving forward. Where could this program be in one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, if the th- if things go the right way? And I've been thinking about this for a little bit. So just to get you, because I'm just, this is a, a topic I kind of, this is a, a raw topic. I kind of sprung it up. You know, we usually do outlines, things like that, but I wanted to get your natural reaction to this. So I'll, I'll, I'll lead with kind of my idea here. And I am on the uh, on the train of, of most you know what most people are uh, in terms of getting rid of Darrell now. I think midseason would be the best. Now whether that's this week, next week, two weeks, three weeks, it needs to happen before the swing of the season. Now the bye week is after this week. Go on the road to Arizona right. bye week. That could be when Rick George is looking to do it because it, there's no buyout reduction after a certain amount of weeks. It's the same amount of money no matter what. So I think what happens is. They make the move during the bye week, and Colorado, amongst other good schools who have currently fired their coaches, like Nebraska is attractive, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech, Tech exa- yeah. exactly, it's attractive. So start to get in that mix and start to talk to some of these candidates. Get a good. I don't care who they. I don't have any names right now. Right, I'm not even. I'm not even getting that specific. I would prefer a young, up and comer who really knows a lot about coordinating a program and knows a lot about offense, like an offensive minded guy who knows a lot about coordinating a program. That's who I'm looking for. Okay. Besides that, I don't really need a tie to see you. I don't need anything like that. So get someone in here by the end of the year. And then, you know what? This may seem quick, but we've seen it happen at school after school. A quick turnaround means 
five, maybe six wins next year. And, and, and Steve's schedule does get a little bit lighter compared to this year, where they had one of the hardest in the, in the country. So five, six wins the, you know, next year, maybe even for two years. While things are building up, you're getting momentum in the program. And then three years from now, you're on that trajectory of maybe eight, nine wins. So I think three years in terms of being really back in whatever conference they're playing in, if the move is made at the, at the bye week and they get the right, guy, the right coach in here, ASAP. I think you're pretty on with how I would feel as well. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna use this in a, in a frame of this freshman class. So let's look at a guy, Owen McCown, freshman quarterback. He has some other freshmen getting some time. By the time this freshman class graduates, this absolutely can be a team competing to win a Pac-12 championship. By no means do you need more than four years to turn that around to become that again. So I believe you can get back to that eight, nine, ten wins within four years. I think looking at next year, again, assuming a move is made at some point in the next three or four weeks with Carl Durrell, you should go into next year with your goal set on let's be above 500. Let's get to a bowl game. Let's go okay, try to win a bowl let's game. Let's clarify something that we've talked about in the past. We all are in, are in agreement here, and I don't think we've been hyperbolic or over the top or too too much fan, you know, that this team in this roster is actually not as bad as we're seeing. No. They're being talked about on the Dan Patrick show. I heard that the other day. They're being talked about nationally for all the wrong reasons. But we play this game all the time, so I won't go into it, you know, too much. But if Nick Saban or, or another great coach came in here, what would CU's record be, right, overnight? And I think the answer is clear. They would start winning football games immediately if they had the right direction. So to me, this is a coaching problem. So I, and I think that's why Jared, myself, and Ryan, where we're going to see what he has to say in just a second here, are so optimistic because the pieces are kind of there, not totally, but sort of plug and play here or there. CU has pieces. So it's not that far away from turning this team from one of the perceived worst in the country to a six win team, seven win team. Maybe even a Pac-12 contender in in a couple of years. Um, so something that I think, obviously, I'm kind of in the same boat as you guys. Um, a, a gradual um, turnaround. I think uh, this is Carl Durrell's last game as head coach of Colorado, like you mentioned. Bold statement, love it. Let's the, see it. The uh, the and I think that win or lose. Um, because, like you mentioned, Tyler, uh, bye week is next. You get uh, you know a couple weeks of practice with an interim. You know, maybe it's a a Hagen or I'm not sure if Coach Cabral is still there. I would love for either of them to get that, especially Darian Hagen. He's done so much, sure. such a buff guy. Sure. I would like for him to get. I that. think you could salvage then, some recruiting with that too. Sure. Yeah. And then I think w- would you guys say it would be comparable? Um, um, take away their recent records. Uh, Minnesota and Colorado would be comparable teams in their given conferences. Uh, yeah, 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 I'd say so. So, so yeah, not not necessarily all the way at the top. I yeah. know Minnesota's really good this year. They're probably going to win eleven or twelve games, right. honestly. Right. Um, but bring in like a guy like PJ Fleck. PJ Fleck was hired in uh, twenty seventeen, so this is his what fifth or sixth season. And again, he's got them talking possibly playoff, at least a Big Twelve uh, champ or Big Ten championship appearance. And that's where CU could be. Look, I look all across the country, and I see where these recruits are going. These schools get built up and built up quickly. Colorado can be there. Like Boulder's an awesome place. Yeah, absolutely. Colorado's an awesome place to be. The, the infrastructure's there. I've seen this. Uh, God, I'll have to look up his, his his YouTube channel. He's got an awesome channel where he goes around and covers different uh, facilities. That's all he does. It goes school to school. What a sweet gig. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> Looks at different facilities. And, and he said... 
when he came to Boulder, he's like, you know what? This may be the best facility in the country. Like, how do you guys feel about that? And and they can't be that far off. Now, it all comes back. It's so funny. It's like a funnel, right? No matter what we talk about, it all comes back to can the people with the money the ones making the ultimate decisions care enough to invest in this program and invest in CU football. That's what this all comes down to the president, the regents, the, the everything, everyone involved. And so I, I mean, I don't, I don't know the answer and I didn't really plan on that becoming a topic, but everything always comes back to that. No, nothing can happen in terms of progress in this program. If the people up top with the money don't care. Well, so. and, and, and one of you two brought up early in the show, the money doesn't change throughout the course of the year. Who is holding out hope that this gets better? Right? Yeah. I mean, like, are you hey, really you mean going, the money that we have to pay to uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you really willing we. to <laughs> sacrifice this entire season? Yeah, I'm not throwing any money in on that. <laughs> yeah, if you sacrifice this whole season, let him coach out the entire 2022 season, you, you, you know, the, the boosters, the, the, the regents, everyone out there, they, they need to realize you are throwing away the 2023 season. And I, and I don't mean that you know as an over-exaggeration because recruiting will go down the drain. You're going to lose a ton of kids off this roster. There was a lot of stuff going around social media this last week, people putting out there the narrative that these kids that left last year didn't leave because they didn't like Boulder. They didn't leave right. because they didn't want to be a no, part of Durrell. the CU bus. It was Carl Durrell and multiple players who transferred out retweeted it, liked it, commented on it. That is not a, even a rumor. These guys are flat out saying like, yep, that's why I left. You will have another exit this, this year if you don't make a move. If you're willing to hold on to your money to get you through this year, it will cost you next year. Look at Jared calling out the uh, the retweeters, the likers. I, I didn't realize Jared was our sudden uh, social media specialist on the show. I only follow CU and Broncos stuff, so <laughs> I can't. It's it's actually pretty rough come Monday morning, Sunday and Monday morning for me to to, to scroll through Twitter because I get a lot of negativity oh, coming God. coming through my feed, man. It's not good. <laughs> That's it's not so good. funny, Jared. But Jared would be one of those people who doesn't really understand like the magnitude of what he's doing. He's just commenting, but it just blows up that's so funny yeah yeah it does, um, it does. all right so uh in terms of to wrap up this this this, this conversation on the timeline we're we, do, are we in agreement that three years if it all goes well we're talking the best it can go right three years CU's back to being a team that can be in the top 25 and in the next one to two years competing for a bowl game giving us something to do in in late december a road trip to make a, a quick uh, vacation to go on, right? So I think we can get there next year. I know that's optimistic, but given this roster with good co- good coaching, good guidance, you load up a little bit in the transfer portal. One year you can compete for a bowl. Three years you're competing for the top twenty-five. Are we all in agreement there, or am, am I being optimistic? No, I think that is. I mean, uh, frankly, if you're bringing in a coach that that's not the expectation, what are you doing, uh, Ryan? You agree? Yeah, uh, I, I think I think if everything goes off flawlessly, yes, best case scenario, five. That's a good five year plan. But I just I just have a feeling that five years might be a little Ryan, early. Stop it. Sorry, dude. <laughs> hey, he's being he was almost right on with his prediction last week. We can't that's give him true. too much. He's probably got something right, going. Let's wrap the show up by giving our predictions and preview next week's okay, game. Okay, real quick though, can we can we just I just. Hey, since we're down, we're about as low as Buff can get. <laughs> yeah. Can we just kick a, a, a few other people while we're down as well? Uh, Michigan State, Nebraska. How about it, huh? <laughs> Minnesota <laughs> going in and stomping. Midnight uh, Mel in Mel the Tucker State. saying he's a horse blank, 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 blank coach. I loved it. How funny is that? It's like, 
Okay, we'd all prefer to have Mel still. Let's not kid ourselves, but I love hearing that. Yeah, it's it was vindication. Good. It definitely best. felt good to see that this week. Yeah, and then uh, Nebraska, obviously, firing Scott Frost. So yeah. everything's good. I don't know that. if they've done worse since, but it, it, it's been pretty bad. Okay, now that we've done the Misery Loves Company, should we move on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, see you at uh, Arizona. Colorado points scored per game, 11.8. Arizona points scored per game, 29 and a half. Points allowed per game, Colorado, 43.3. Arizona, 34.0. Total yards per game, CU, 261.3. Arizona, 426.6. And total yards allowed per game, CU, 467. Arizona, 416. On the ground, Colorado, obviously, been known to have hole after hole, be very inefficient, not actually known to be one of the worst rush uh, defense teams in the entire country. So let's start there. Good matchup this week. Arizona, not a very efficient team, uh, 34th in FEI, but 98th in efficiency. So they get their yards, but not efficient doing so. I think CU has a chance this week to stop the run or at least look a lot better and improve their numbers against the rush. Uh, could be their focus, could not be the focus, but either way, I see CU doing a good job in the front seven. What do you think? Yeah, I think Arizona's a team that, compared to where they were last year, two years ago, this is a better team. This is a better Arizona team than the Buffs no, have much gone up better, against much improved, yeah. the last couple of years. That doesn't mean this is a good team. And and again, I, I, I kind of alluded to it earlier. You look at the CU Buffs schedule. It's brutal at the end of the season. They play four straight top 15 teams to oh, yeah. end the season. Okay. Well, remember, when we made our picks, we were saying, okay, maybe they can be 5-1 and one and then sneak one out in the last half of the season. We were so close. We were so close. Yeah, we were, almost, we were close almost, with that. Almost, almost. Yeah. But when I look at it, to me, this Arizona team, now I get you're on the road at, at, at Arizona, but if if you want to circle one on there that like man this if if you if the buffs cannot be competitive in this game I don't think they're going to win this game this year. Like I, I think this is a very telling game. Well, so this is a team. This is a you know Carl Durrell doesn't show a whole lot of emotion. This is one he needs to get this team fired up. He needs them to realize this is it. You got to come out and show something. And I do think the Buffs have a chance to do that. I think you're going to see a more competitive Buffs team than we've seen the last few weeks. I think they're growing behind Owen McCown and what they're going to do within this offense. All right, so stopping the rush when they're on defense. Again, Arizona, three guys who really carry the football, and it's going to be easy, I think, to zero in. A lot easier than it has been the last couple of weeks. So they're averaging just over four yards a carry. Let's stop the run first thing. But they can also throw the football. Uh, all their quarterbacks combined about a 60% completion percentage. And they can, I mean, go vertical, which, I mean, if there's one place he was going to give up plays, I think it's going to be deep uh, vertical routes, big plays. So obviously stopping the rush is going to be important. But, I mean, I mean, what are we talking about here, right? At this point, it's just, like I said last week, am I, am I going too deep with this? No, I, I think it's I think it's don't crumble. I think that's like the key. You want to talk about the key to the game? Don't crumble and let it fall apart when you get behind. I, I think but, it's but, a bust but team. I feel like I'm getting too much into the X's and O's, and we shouldn't do that no, because it's no, been 49 no. to 7, 40, like whatever. And look, Arizona has two players with over 20 catches this year. They have not done a lot. They've got four players with double-digit catches. They should be easier to slow down, much easier sure. than what the Buffs have seen. And I, I don't think you are getting, you know, quote, you know, too much into the X's and O's or too far into the weeds about about these matchups. I just feel like they've been so bad. Th- they have been, and and that's like, the why? problem, and I talked about it last week, is is the mindset of football teams is so important, and the minute the, minute the buffs go down by even a score, 
you can feel it through the TV. If you're at Folsom, you can feel it in the stands. It's here we go again. And that needs to change. And that's that's what I was saying again last week is that's why you need to have some things go a little bit different just to just to kind of switch that that mentality. When you say go a little different, do you mean so, the Bucks need to lose? So, like, what do you mean? <laughs> so, no, no, no I, I'm not trying to go. No, 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 no. So, like, uh, over the course of the game, a punt return, a fumble recovery, a pick six, um, you know, a, a, a drive where they have a couple sacks, you know, have something that, that really kind of shows the light at the end of the tunnel right rather now, than just going there nothing. Yeah. Nothing happens, well, and I'll try to think of a big play the bus have had, and they haven't. Right? And 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 unfortunately, and I'll just this will be my part yeah, about yeah. CU's defense is I do disagree with you a little bit, Tyler, about the defense. Is no, I don't think they're awful, but I do not think that they are very good. See, and I just think and that. and the only reason I say like I was I was given the defense a break the first three weeks that they were constantly on the field. Um, they were gassed by you know the third quarter. That didn't happen last week. I know, but 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 my opinion is things change in terms of the mentality, in terms of the, sure. And I think a couple early tweaks left, you know, here or there. It's like what, what's the old saying? Like you make an early shift in the road, and you know, three miles down, you're in a different state, or whatever sure. it is. Yeah. So so. I think a couple early changes, you get some momentum. This defense looks better. They start, you know, feeling yeah, better. a spark. Like the I was Broncos talking about. defense is right now talking about, you know, to make things a little more local here. The Broncos defense is saying they think they're one of the best defenses in the NFL. Right now, before the season started, you talk to a lot of advanced analytic people. They're like, Broncos defense may be good, one of the best in the NFL. Not so sure, right? But now that they think that after three games, I think that raises their level in the NFL, a whole different professional level of football. So. I think if that can happen there, it can happen in college, right? So you have a couple games, a couple wins. Suddenly they 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 think they're playing better than they are. I think that means a lot. Well, so, that's why the mentality, 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 mentality is so important, and especially in the game of football. Well, and I'm hearing from you guys similar to how I feel that I think this this first quarter of this game is make or break for the. Oh, box. for sure. I think coming out and looking good, being productive, moving the ball up and down the field, well, no not necessarily kidding. winning the first quarter. I don't think it's the end of the world. <laughs> expectations of winning, how they've fallen. But, but I'm just saying you have to be competitive and, and, and the Buffs need to prove to themselves they can play in this game. Well, because you know I think at the end of most of these first quarters, they already feel like they can't play in these games. You know how happy I was last game when we didn't fumble the first play of the game? Yeah. After after two weeks in a row, you're going, you were oh, happy. How do you think fumble, they felt? Well, and Carl Durrell yeah, even exactly. commented that on his post-game press conference. Like, wait, seriously, this was something you coached? Don't fumble the first play? This is something that had to be said? Like, come on! It, it, it's it's. Uh, I but but just to get back to what I say, I think I think starting hot early. I think be aggressive. If I am um, calling plays, we saw Owen McCown can stretch the field. He can get the ball down the field. I think you open this up. Try to make a big play on that first drive. You go score on the opening drive of the game. This is a whole different ball game than what we've seen the entire season. I, I'm going opposite. I think what the Buffs have to do is run the football. Arizona's given up only 187 pass yards a game. Their approach. 250 on the ground and they have not been very good at all and that's you know adjusting for opponent but I think Arizona has their weaknesses on the ground and I think this offensive line could really finally I mean you know how it is well Ryan specifically as you know when the offensive line can 
have the mentality of knowing they're going to run the football and be aggressive and sure. go downhill. You can eat. You can eat a little bit. You know, the buffet busters can do what they want to do. <laughs> I think that's where this offensive line can be comfortable. And if CU's going to get some real momentum, put McCown in a situation where he's throwing 18 times. Yeah. Off play action. Yep. Yep. So that's what I think they need to do. Run the football, yeah, uh, wear Arizona out. Uh, low low number of attempts, uh, high completions percentage would be huge. Um, and then just from last week, going back to the ground game, um, notice how you didn't see Fontenot is still hurt. It's a chest injury. That's as specific as they're going to say. Um, but I love um, Offerdahl. Watching him, he reminds me so much of Philip Lindsay when he was a freshman. (laughs) Just not as fast, but he runs. Kind of a good. He runs violent, and then also other guy, true freshman, uh, who I thought showed a lot, even though the numbers weren't great for CU in the run game against UCLA, um, was Anthony Hankerson, true freshman. Uh, Okay, I I saw a lot, a lot from him that I liked, and then you also have Deion Smith. So I think that three-headed monster uh, with Arizona being susceptible to the run. Let's go. Let the big dogs eat. Uh, Defensive rushing. FEI, which is football outsiders adjusting for opponent. Arizona right now, uh, 122nd for stopping the run. There you go. So I think the Buffs do have an opportunity to do a little damage on the ground. All right, let's get some score predictions before we get out of here. Uh, We didn't go too deep for the offense against the defense for the same reasons why I stopped myself with the other one. But, I mean, anything (laughs) you guys want to add before we do wrap things up in terms of the offense no, you just defense. Just, I mean. just confidence. Just try to build confidence. Um, I like Jared's. You know, try to try to go deep early. Maybe get a get get something uh, going that way. I just want to cheer. I want to cheer at a certain point throughout this game. Yeah, right? I, I, I want to cheer. I don't want to yell. Yeah. All right, well, let's do our predictions because at the end of the year we go back, total up our predictions, see who is the most accurate. So this means something to us, right? We're not just doing sure. this. We want to get these right. It means we had a little pride at stake here. So that's why we might occasionally pick against the Buffs and. We like to be honest with the audience, right? Give our exact prediction for what could happen. Um, I, I've been picking the buffs last few weeks. I picked them to win last week, sixteen thirteen. <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna, going to. I think I'm going to have to sort of wake up a little bit. I mean, if sure. this were at home, I'd probably pick the yeah. upset again. Sure. And I think Arizona going to altitude. They've struggled here. I think the buffs could match up well, given the running. You know, look, if you could run on a team like I just mentioned and do it in Boulder, that's a different thing. You yeah. really tire them out. I'm just not so sure they can happen in Arizona. So let, let's say McCown gets gets a little bit going, maybe a defensive turnover or a turnover defensive score, but Arizona might pull away a little bit. Let's say 34-27, Buffs lose a close game and cover the spread. So I, I, I absolutely believe the Buffs can win this game. I think that that this is a winnable game. Pick them. Uh, Pick them. I have Jared, you're, 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 zero. you're a great cheerleader. You had to be aggressive, and I believe I that we can win. I know. <laughs> uh, I have zero faith in this coaching staff yeah. to put these guys in a position to do that. That's why. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I just, I, I, until I see something different, I cannot buy into the product that I'm seeing out there. I, I, I think the Buffs lose. I hope it's a com- a close game, competitive game. I'm going to say it's a 27 to 21 game where the Buffs are in it all the way to the end. Okay. All right, uh, producer Ryan. Uh, so I don't think your, I don't think your... I've uh, picked CU since uh, week one, um, and that's going to continue. Oh, come um, on. The fake out. Listen, that, that, that's the old uh, Lee Corso fake out right there. <laughs> Not so fast. Yeah, was, <laughs> beat me to it. <laughs> um, I I do, however, agree that it, that it will be a more competitive game. I think Arizona. Um, I think CU matches up better uh, with Arizona than than they have this entire season with any other opponent. Um, 
I'm going to say this is going to be pretty pretty specific, but you know my, my head's a little big after last week. Yeah, I love it. So uh, it's going to be uh, 21 17 late and um, Arizona and uh, uh, McCown throws a pick six uh, late in the game when they're trying to come back. Arizona 28 17. Okay, boy, I hate that prediction. <laughs> okay, it's but just because there was details. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say you gotta That's be careful with that, though, yeah. man. Because <laughs> you put McCown out there like that in this imaginary. Oh, well, but what happens if okay, okay, right. okay, 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 what happens if Ryan predicts this no, accurately? Exactly. See, that's only bad for Ryan because if he gets it wrong, then it looks like it was just, a bad prediction. Okay. If he gets it right, now it's like okay, it's on you. I'll be less specific. I won't name a name a player. It will be oh, yeah, a turnover <laughs> for a touchdown. Oh no, 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 you. You can't backpedal now, exactly. buddy. No, it's, it's, it's on record. I opened it up I to a fumble. You too. are the producer. You could cut it out of that. What, 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 I, I what did it say on Seinfeld? Nope. Cats rear out of the bag. <laughs> uh, for, for our audience, who don't know what's Seinfeld anymore. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, Ryan, we got to play it one more time. Uh, again, we go back. This is my encapsulation for what what took place and what really was going on You know, when, when Carl Durrell was the one coach left and the coaching carousel when Mel Tucker left. <laughs> Talk about being in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. All right, let's uh, let's get out of here. Thanks again for listening. Remember, go uh, give us a like on uh, Twitter at Buffs Podcast and on Facebook. Even though the Facebook, it's the world. Uh, we haven't been doing much on there lately. Maybe we'll give you know a more love to Facebook here in the near future. But it's Facebook just, is nicer than Twitter. Yeah, I, I know, way nicer. So <laughs> really? we should do that. That's just at Buffs Nation Podcast. So well, we'll go ahead and do that here soon. But. Let's go, Buffs. Get a big win on the road next week at Arizona. Prove us all wrong. You know, like I said, you know, let, let, let's get these predictions so far out the window. They're terrible. Get a big win. Let's go, Buffaloes. We'll talk to everyone next week right here on the Buffs Nation podcast. <laughs>